What is up, guys, and welcome to the Meeple Minded Podcast, the podcast where we talk all things tabletop gaming. My name is Jason. And I'm James. And joining us in the Meeple Minded studio today is the host of the MTVB podcast, Anthony. How are you doing today, Ant? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure, as always. So, for those of you that have not guessed by the title of this episode or by the epic intro, thank you very much for approaching Nirvana for allowing us to use that. <laughs> we are talking about Marvel United. Are you guys excited? Yep, definitely. Love Most definitely. I know Ant has a real love for this game, <laughs> so uh, expect his Meeple rating to be fairly high fairly on this one, I reckon. But yes, we were playing a few games of this last... Well, you guys were playing a few games of this last night. We certainly were. Yep. Did you... Uh, what? What? Because uh, I think you played the expansion one last night, didn't you? Uh, we. So we played a a, a couple of games of the core box because we had a couple of new players just to introduce them to the the, the actual game itself. And then James was so eager to try out the Infinity Gauntlet expansion, so we had to uh, give that a go, I guess. Yep. How did you find the expansion without giving out any information about the the core box, which we will be talking about in a minute? Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> did you win? No. Good. <laughs> They started off pretty well, though. I'll give them that. Uh, they did seem to be doing pretty well whenever I, I came over and had a little nosy. So, uh, yes. But we are here to talk about the core box and the core box alone. So, have you got your components list ready, James? I do. Have you got your thoughts in your mind, Anthony? Absolutely. Let's dive into the game then, shall we? Okay, so Marvel United, you take the role of the iconic Marvel heroes cooperating to stop the master plan of a powerful villain controlled by the game. Each villain unveils their unique master plan with cards that trigger different effects and threats that pose challenges across the locations. Heroes must choose carefully the cards to play from their unique decks that not only offer different actions and superpowers to use, but also combine with actions of other heroes to do the impossible build your own storyline unite your powers and save the day it's a rough idea of what the game is about but james is going to tell us what comes in the core box and i'm just going to say before we jump into this james this core box is 35 pounds off you go okay this this one's going to take a couple of breaths i reckon okay so in the in the core box there are 10 miniatures, of which we will get into more detail about those in a minute. Uh, three villain dashboards, 84 hero cards, 12 for each hero, uh, 36 thug uh, slash civilian tokens, six threat tokens, four invulnerable tokens, uh, 57 action tokens, 21 heroic, 12 attack, 12 move, and 12 wild, 36 master plan cards, 12 for each villain. Uh, 18 threat cards, 6 for each villain, 3 mission cards, 8 locations, 1 mission guide, 3 challenge cards, a rule book, 35 health tokens, 18 crisis tokens, and a villain tracker. And for those interested, the heroes contained in the box are Captain America, Iron Man, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Hulk, Wasp, and Ant-Man. And the 3 villains are Red Skull, Ultron and Taskmaster. That is a list and a half. That is. For and such a small box as well. Yeah. yeah. And 35 quid. Yeah. 35 quid is what you roughly pick this game. I think the RRP is about 45, 50, but for the most part, you can pick this game up for 35 quid. And this is cool mini or not. Mm -hmm. They don't do cheap games. Apparently they do. 
So, <laughs> I mean, they do now. Straight off the bat, let's talk about the component and the component quality because mm. they've got to be skimping out somewhere, right? What, what, and it's your game. What's your your initial opinion on the component quality? Don't have an issue with it personally. I think you know it's cool mini or not. The models are or the miniatures are brilliant as they always are. Um, the location things, uh, sorry, the location cards uh, are a bit flimsy. They're very thin on paper. Whereas they did bring out an addition where they are actually hard cardboard. So I probably would have preferred that in the core box and you know buying another expansion for it, which mm. I know we're not getting into, but. Um, that's my probably downside with it is that they could have done that and instead instead of forking out another thirty quid just for cardboard. That's that's a fair comment. Yeah, we, we we've commented on that in a few games in the past where you know upgraded parts come as part of an expansion that yeah. should have been part of the base game. You know, all right, maybe they were trying to skimp and save a little bit to make the game as cheap as possible. But... I prob- yeah, I probably would have liked a little a couple more like replacement tokens for the heroes or thugs or threats because as soon as you lose one of them, you can't mark the threats down at all, of course. which is a yeah. bit of a nuisance. So a couple of spares probably would have been better with that as well. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, James? You've seen anything that you dislike or particularly like? Um, well, uh, the miniatures are gorgeous and i will say now that i've seen a couple of them who of your ones and where they've been painted by kiri our yes. very good friend mm-hmm. they are really beautiful miniatures in the um it's the mini pop style isn't it it's a chibi yeah. chibi art yeah, style right, yeah. yeah the uh, the other components are serviceable uh like, like Anne said a few of the bits of card yeah. uh a little bit flimsy Personally, I'd rather pay a little bit more because I'm going to say about, say this about expansions and bits they've added on. I would have wanted the mat in the base game because yeah. that mat makes. I, I I think this game would be quite difficult without that mat. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, on a normal table and you've got a circular. You know, we'll go into it later, obviously, yeah. with the cards how you do it and whatnot. But yeah, without the placemat, it's a bit of a yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 see know, where, I see where you're coming from. I don't know that's a, that's an upgrade. That yeah. is indeed is not optional add-on. It's, it's quite a quite an expensive add-on from yeah. what I remember as well. <laughs> they all were. almost as much as the the actual base game, if I remember More. correctly. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, I, that's a bit shocking, but it is a very nice neoprene mat. So. I think I'd rather the core box was around the. 50 60 pound mark and had the mat in the mm. box i mean even if they didn't include the mat it would have been nice to have a, a board fold out board yeah, yeah absolutely. Know, and the mat is an upgrade you know I, yeah. I, I would be okay with that and then bump the price sure. up just a little bit yeah, for, yeah. For, the, for the extra board um so yeah for me quality wise i just echo pretty much everything you guys have said there were certain parts of the cardstock which were quite flimsy obviously and highlighted those um could they really be covered by sleeving maybe but you know, just don't, don't put in flimsy cards, you know, on a game that you know is going to see sure. the table a lot. Mm. But you want your customers to have it seeing the table a lot. So mm. it needs to be durable. Another, uh, sorry, uh, just another upside to what James was saying about the placemat. Uh, if you see the, the, the villain dashboards, yeah. you don't actually need them if uh, you've got the playmat. So that's another thing from the core box you don't necessarily need mm. if you have the playmat. Yeah. So Get rid of them and include the, the mat or the board. Again, yeah. another piece of paper out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, touching on the minis, the minis are really good quality. Like these are, I mean, up until a much later release, I would say from Cool Mini or not, these were probably the best that I'd seen them produce. Uh, however, some of their they, they've gone from strength to strength since the release of Marvel United. The design's definitely grown on me because when I first saw it on Kickstarter, I was like, I'm not impressed with it at all. Mm. I really wasn't into it up until after it came out, and yeah. I was sort of convinced more. 
when I got to have a better look at yeah. it, and not just from the actual art that's on the box. You actually get to yeah. see the minis. So, I mean, that was going to be my next series. I, I still, I can't come round to the whole chibi art style. The game is very good, but the, the chibi art style, sure, it makes the game unique. Mm. I'll give them that. It does make it unique. And I'm just going to say it straight away. It's lovely to see a Marvel game that hasn't got Thanos involved, unless you buy the expansion, sure. obviously. But as a core box, it's not a Avengers Infinity War <laughs> yeah. based game, which mm. is great. I, I'm so happy about yeah. that. Uh, it's nice to have Taskmaster, Ultron, and Red Skull. Yep, Red Skull as always is the worst. <laughs> He's your favorite, I heard. Uh, <laughs> and Taskmaster's James's, <laughs> evidently so. <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, component quality wise, could have been better, but could have been far, far worse. Sure. So I, I'm not going to hit them too hard for that. I think it's I think it's a good start of heroes as well. Mm. I mean, it's not there are a few main ones still missing like Thor and whatnot, but still you've got a good range there yeah. to start off if you ever want to collect them more. See, I quite like that with the um with the prevalence of the MCU mm. actually changing up the start start heroes a Absolutely. little bit yeah, yeah. and not just having the core Avengers team yep. and the starter mm. box and then everything else as an expansion. I I quite like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree on that. So that that's I think that was a very good choice on their part. So. Sure. Right, let's get on to gameplay, because I think we got to, a fair bit to say on that. So uh, James is pointing to Ant, so Ant's starting. How, how do you feel about the gameplay? Anything you particularly like about it that really highlights what, you know, it makes the game amazing or something that you would say doesn't really need to be there? Um, I think... So let me start with, I like the fact how um, it's... A great cop game, but somehow didn't end up in my top five cop games of all time. Mm. <laughs> it's in the top ten. Anyway, I love the mechanic side of how um, we mentioned it slightly just a minute ago with the playmats, how the cards have been laid out, um, and how uh, the mechanic side of the master plan is quite nail gripping at sometimes because you're just waiting for that card to come out and where the villain's going to come out and what it's going to do. Um, provided as the heroes you've got so many missions to try and do before you can actually attack the villain and stuff yeah so i like how it's not just okay let's go and deal with that villain straight away yeah. it's like we've got this to do work together and then deal with him after him or her mm. afterwards i, I kind of like that aspect of it really yeah i think if there was a particular game mechanic that really stood out to me is that whole circular yeah. uh, card placement thing and and the whole fact of forced co-op cooperation? Mm. Like there's there's far too many co-op games where someone will still be playing stuff for themselves. Sure. You know, it's usually me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I'm doing this for me. I don't I don't really care about what the team is doing. Whereas mm. in this game, it really does force you to work as as a team. It's like, well, I've just played a card that does two damage. Mm. Um, which is really going to help James, who's playing Hulk, because he's going to put down two damage, which means actually, because you do the previous player's card and your own, that's four damage. That and he's he could do doing. damage to everyone, unlike other heroes yeah. as well. So it's kind of good to pick specific heroes. Mm. Yeah. Or, or again, let's use Hulk as an example. We know that Hulk does a lot of damage. Exactly, yeah. Doesn't have all that much movement. So as a team, you can sort of say, well, let's leave Hulk doing the damage mm. and we'll always play a movement before him so that he can at least move around the board and, and do what he needs to Definitely, do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that aspect of the game as well, the fact that they really have made the different characters different things. Like, mm. like you said, Hulk is a damage dealer. Um, Iron Man's quite a good support character because sure. he's dishing out 
tokens to people. I mm. think Captain America is quite, uh, fairly similar in that. And I like the fact that all the characters have their little niche and you can get some really good combinations going. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that don't always work depending on who, which villain you're fighting. Exactly, mm. yeah. yeah. So uh, it's, yeah, it's good to pick to get your team to pick the right Avenger, like one to deal damage, mm. one to do hero actions and one to deal with movements and stuff like that. And that again, that's another thing that just adds to the replayability of the game is that all three of those villains are so drastically different. Mm. You know, everyone is. You can't just go, oh, we'll do the same, the same uh, plan of action with this one because it just won't work. Exactly. You know, what worked with Red Skull definitely won't work with Taskmaster, and what works with Taskmaster definitely won't work with Ultron. Mm. You know, and in any combination of that. It, it it's never gonna work, mm. and I, I really like that. It's a really well thought out game. Yeah, and again, I I've been critical of Call Me or Not of some of their games in the past, and for something that's so easy, and why sort of lean towards the whole gateway game side of things? It's really well done. Yeah, uh, yeah. very well thought out. And easy for everyone to know what's going on. Yeah, definitely. Which yeah. is another thing. Is like it's a nice big bot. I mean, obviously we're we're referring to it being on your your sure, play map. On the mat, yeah, yeah. Even without the mat, it's set out the same way. Mm. It's a nice big board. Everyone can see what's going on. There's nice minis jumping about to to really know where everyone is, mm. and tokens are clear on the on the spaces as to what's been done. So yeah, I think really well done on the gameplay. If there was anything that I would say is a negative for the gameplay, I don't really think there is. I, me, I honestly anyway. can't think. I usually am a bit nitpicky with certain things. I mean, you heard me about the difference between hard cardboard and, and you know thin mm. paper just now. But I honestly can't. Unless you you know you don't work as a team, then there aren't. I don't think there are particularly. I mean, apart from again, it's a, the draw of the the deck. Yeah. Maybe sometimes yeah. might be a flaw because again, it's all due to the, you know what's left in your deck, whatnot. But no, I just, I honestly can't. I mean, and I'm not just being biased because that's my game, but, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's, there were, there were people last night that were just like, I can't find a, a flaw with this or, you know, didn't enjoy it or didn't even want to carry on at all. Mm. I would say, I mean, on, on reflection of uh, while you were talking there, thinking about if there is any negative that it's not really a negative and it would be a real nitpick if, if I was to, to really go for it on it. And that is that if you pick, you know, if you pick the wrong team, mm. shall we say, of characters, it could be potentially really difficult yeah. and almost impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not going to take anyone that deals damage, well, you're never going to win. But at the same time, if you take only people that deal damage, then you're also not going to win sure. because yeah. you need to do certain tasks in order to be able to win. Mm. So <coughs> it, it really is a case of, I think there is. For the core box, at the very least, there is a miracle team. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what the miracle team is. I think Hulk is an integral part because of the sheer damage he has. I think James is right in saying that Iron Man is a great support character. Mm. Um, But they all have different abilities as well, which aren't very often in their deck. But someone like Ant-Man, for example, could take a card from the storyline, which is the card you place around the board, and swap it from you know his deck onto another part of the board, which I think is... You know, a nice yeah. little touch, whatnot. And very um, thematic as well. Absolutely. Like um, Captain Marvel, for example, she can hit in one spot and then she can hit twice in adjacent. Mm. So just little things like that. I just, yeah. 
You know, it doesn't pop up mm. as much in the decks, but they're there at the end of the day. Yeah, I also like the um, the mission cards uh, as well. The the fact that you can't just go straight for the bad guy. That's you it. have yeah, yeah. to, and the you've got three of them for the um, the threats, the civilians, and the thugs, and you have to wipe two of them out before you can start damaging it. Exactly. Yeah. But I also like the fact that when you wipe one out, the game actually gets harder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. To sort of represent. Do, do we explain that? Or we explain that later. We can we can explain that now. Yeah. Yeah. So like James pretty much said, every time. So overall, how it works out is that um, the the villain will go first. He'll put his master plan out, which is a a deck of think of his like fourteen, fifteen cards. There is places one out, and it will tell him where he's going on the board, who he's going to attack, and if he's going to put thugs or civilians onto the board. The Avengers have their turn to do their thing. Like James said, he was you know save civilians, beat up thugs, whatnot, deal with threats, and then the villain will have another card placed on there and again it does the same thing up until like james says if one of those mission cards is done like we've cleared all the threats the uh villain will pop out every two turns now instead of three turns for the avengers so like james said he's going to make it even harder yeah. and then once we can clear another threat i.e save nine civilians i believe uh, for example, yeah, nine, nine, nine civilians or kill or knock out knock nine. out yeah sorry yeah because they're just not killing them they're bamming them <laughs> um and then yeah and then once that's done we can like james said again we can start attacking our villain and again depending on what the villain's health is it depends on how many players you have and it has that on the um on the villain dashboard how much health they have per player uh, amount of players you have um yeah so like as, like we've said just now it's it's not a case of just straight for the villains let's go out and start doing things yeah like it's, superheroes would do. It's very thematic because you kind of you have to weed through the um the little guys yeah. and get the big guy's attention. Exactly. Yeah. So it gets harder, and then you can mm. attack him. I also quite like the. I don't know if saying it's quite forgiving is the right way, but you don't get killed; you get KO'd. You get KO'd. Mm. Yeah, that's right. But uh, that that does come with repercussions, though. But yeah, yeah. but definitely, yeah. yeah. But it's just like if you make a mistake and you get knocked out, it's mm. not game over. It's no. sort of like you miss a turn and then you come back. And the exactly, fact that your yeah. card hand is your life. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I mean, another thing that I, I would sort of say, every game I've played of this has been at the full four-player count. So I've not actually experienced this at a lower player count. Yeah, have, I've have been, I haven't to? either. Yeah. No. Which I would sort of say is normally I like to know whether the game scales really well. However, it's gotten to a point where I've realised that I can't play this game with less than four. And it's not because the game can't be played with less than four. It's that people just want to play it. Sure. So, so far, I've not been able to do this at less than four. And it's purely because people see it and they go, I want to play that. Mm. And that is a great sign. So it's got table presence enough that even if you have arranged a game with two people, the likelihood is you'll end up with four people playing. Mm. So it's, that, it's, that's a good sign. It's such mm. a colourful game, especially when you've got the cards around the board. It looks just like a, a, a piece of comic book. Mm. You just look around. Every card has its symbol for what the adventure can do, but the actual artwork on it itself just makes it look like, oh, that is a, you know, that's a, a part of a comic yeah. right there and there. And yeah, I just think it's, th I think that's another reason why people are like really attracted over to it. It's just, wow, look at that. It's, yeah. there's so much of it to look at. Yeah, it definitely. looks intimidating, doesn't it? In all fairness, mm. but it's so easy to play. It is a bit of a table sprawler, I yeah. will say, uh, because obviously there's so many cards going on and Pieces, you're creating that yeah. nice big circle. It's, yeah. It is a table sprawler, but mm. at the same time, it's controlled. It's yeah. not literally everywhere. It's not a dungeon crawler. It's got tiles going off in every which sure. way but loose. And I will say as well, having played this twice with you now, mm. it, it was intimidating the f first time. It's absolutely gorgeous. 
if you can get the miniatures painted. Yeah. Because once the min- once there's paint on the miniatures and they're all painted up in their mm. uh, color scheme, it, it just a be- it's beautiful. Absolutely. It, it changes the aesthetic of the game completely, mm. actually, with, with their bright colors. And like I said, the game is brightly colored anyway, having those miniatures painted, just it makes them pop mm. so much. And, and talking on that as well, I, I was going to bring this up in the component part, they all come with a sculpted thematic base on those yes. minis. And that is amazing they mm. look great they really do make those the, like the minis pop anyway but with those bases it just adds that yeah, extra absolutely. bit mm. so that that's really really good but yeah what are your final thoughts on the game anthony anything that you particularly love about the game anything you dislike and who would you recommend it for i you know i'd recommend it for even younger players than us to be honest as well mm-hmm. i mean i know my daughter would love playing it if i ever taught it for example and she's you know she's eight next year mm-hmm. so maybe eight upwards from from that really it is quite an easy game. Like I said, it's intimidating to look at with so many pieces and cards around it. But I, I cannot say a bad thing about it. it. It's one I took a gamble on because, again, I hate, I didn't like the look of it when I was going to get it. And then I watched the video from Board Game Geek mm-hmm. and yep. just saw the fun they were having of just simply placing a card, getting that Avenger to do that, and then let that other Avenger borrow that Avenger's ability and all this sort of stuff. It And it... it, it it brings something different every time as well. Yeah. Different heroes, different villains. Not one game is ever the same. And I just that's what I, I think I think that's what I love about the this game is that it's replayability at the end of the day. Even without expansions, not one game is the same, regardless. Yeah. And yeah. Um I, I really enjoy it and I, you know, it doesn't come to the table as much as I like it to, but you know, it still comes to the table at the end of the day. Mm. And you know, I, I really like the fact that people like it. I honestly thought it was going to be a stinker for everyone, and people were like, nah, don't like the, the minis, don't like this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. but it turned out like everyone has enjoyed it, and I'm I'm really glad you guys liked it. Yeah, good. Um, I would have one question because I know you have expanded it quite considerably with sure. new characters and the official expansions and and stuff like that. Would you say that they are a necessity, like would you, or would you say the base game is enough, um, for someone who who might not want to chuck, you know. 100 that, plus that pounds. is a good question um i personally wouldn't say it's a necessity because again you you do get enough in the core for the price you do get enough mm-hmm. but if you want to be a completionist i mean even i don't want to fork out for all of them i only wanted some because there's certain heroes i wanted yeah um but yeah um expansion is good like the infinity gauntlet one was amazing if you can go through four games of this it's it's a ride at the end of the day but I don't think they're necessary, personally. They are gorgeous to look at, especially the new ones that are coming out next year. Mm. But yeah, if, if you're after specific heroes, then it's maybe for you if you've got the cash. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. If you're a mutant fan, they've now done the X-Men version, haven't they? Yeah, which, uh, right. which I believe is out now. Yeah, it came... Yeah. Well, it should have been out next year, but for some reason, Simon, come on, whatever you want to pronounce them as, uh, had decided to release it a year earlier. And then, which is kind of good in a way, because again, it's going to hype you up for the next ones coming yeah. out, which again, look amazing. The 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 uh, Days of Future Past one is just looks amazing yeah. with those massive Sentinel <laughs> figures. Oh, yes. It's, oh, my God. That looks so good. Well, um, we will have to give the X-Men one a go at some point. Yeah, as well. I still need, I don't know, I haven't even played that yet. There's, okay. there's different mechanics to it. So, um, but yeah. Nice. James, any final thoughts? Um well, aside from the fact that I really love this game, um, 
yeah, uh, just to echo what Ant said, um, I'd recommend this game. It it could be played by uh, young kids. It's simple enough, which also makes it a great intro game. Um, it like like you guys have said, it's it might look intimidating from afar, but the actual rule set is pretty easy to follow. Exactly. Doesn't take a lot of explanation. Mm. And as it's a well-known IP, it actually makes a really good gateway game to get people into board gaming. Uh, and I'd recommend it for veterans as well, just because you can have a lot of fun with this game. And fun is the is the key word there. I yeah, think, absolutely. We all need to. I think a lot of people need to remember with board games is they're there for fun. Yeah, it is nice to be competitive sometimes, but ultimately everyone has to have fun. And if you want more fun with it, get the expansions. Exactly. <laughs> Um, have I got any final thoughts on it? Yeah, I do. I like the replayability aspect of this game. Just the core box alone, I think there's enough replayability there. This is a game I want to add to my collection at some point. Um, unlike yourself, I will probably stick to just the just the core box mm-hmm. of this one because I think that will be enough. However, if it starts seeing the table all the time, then maybe it's time to upgrade. The individual character decks are a really good idea. I love how they work because it kind of keeps the game going and no matter how many times you play it, it's never boring. Mm. You just change up the character you're playing. It's like a whole new game. Absolutely. You know, despite the fact that you are working together and that deck may well have been played in your game, if they're not the character, you know, the, the, the character right next to you, it's not really affecting how what's going on in mm. your turn. But as I said just now, if everyone chooses the same style of character, it's a bit of a downer because there is just no hope, really. Yeah, definitely. So for me, while that's very thematic and, and the decks being that way are very thematic, that is a bit of a, a grey area. Mm. However, each of the villains is unique and they are the things that make the game for me because they are so different and so scalable you know, if you want a nice, easy game or an intro game, you play Red Skull. You want a slightly harder game, I'd say Taskmaster's your next one. And then Ultron is beast mode, mm-hmm. basically. So that's good. Easy, medium, hard, like that. Uh, is the game engaging enough for veteran gamers? Yes, I would say it is. And definitely the fun aspect is there. I would recommend it for those. I would definitely recommend this as a gateway game. Um, If I have people that are looking to try out a new board game or getting into modern board gaming and this is the one that they like the look of, I'd have no problem teaching it to them. Mm. It's a very easy teach. Uh, There are, if I remember correctly, some scalable rules as well where you can take stuff out to make it easier. Yeah, so you can have a challenge, three challenges. So one... Challenge one is like get rid of one uh, wild card, and then obviously challenge two is two wild cards, mm-hmm. and then challenge three is all wild cards come off the table. Yeah, so it's literally just movement, punch, heroic. Yeah, so again, playing with young kids, that that's straight away where I would be going exactly, for with yeah. that. Um, so again, all the thought process has gone into the game. I have to give them kudos for that. So that's really good. Okay, meeple rating. Let's do it. Ooh, Let's let uh, it's Ant's game. I think mm. we'll let you go first. Soon as you're the guest. All right, you ready for this? This is yep. it. Well, yeah. I think this is a marvelous game. Oh dear. <laughs> so I can't, I... I can't remember the effects button. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good joke. Um. So yeah. Um. I'm not going to rate this too high because, like I said, there are flaws, and you know, it's it's not as good if you don't have that many expansions for either but as a game itself as a core box i'm going to go this is really weird because i don't really rate out of 10 but here's my here we go eight out of ten 
Okay. I'll give it an eight. Nice. Well, so is there any standout things that make you put it as an eight rather than a 10, for example? I don't know. I probably would have liked maybe one more villain in there. Three is okay, but maybe just one more common villain because okay. um like these these three that we have i think maybe ultron is the one that most people know because obviously the movies um but yeah i would have liked one more villain in there but what the heck yeah. it's still good enough mm. <laughs> fair play fair play james uh i'm also going to give it an eight and Ooh. i struggled with that yes uh, I, I i saw the pain on your face when you yeah. first arrived <laughs> i really love the game most of that eight is coming from the gameplay because the gameplay, I think it's a really solidly designed game. So it's torn between eight and nine. But I think I've got to knock it down that one point. It would be a nine, like we said earlier, if it just came with at least a cardboard map for the layout. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I now can't picture playing this without the map. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it would be a bit of a mess on the table. And yeah. I think things would get a bit table, too confusing. Yeah. 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 And it, yeah, I think it would you'd lose track of it without the mat, as the mat just keeps everything perfectly organised. And on a sprawling game like this, you need that. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to take a point off for that, but not to take away from the actual game itself. The game itself is really good. So, yeah, the call box for me, as I said, is really good value for the money. I can't say a word against it. The quality of the components, while we did highlight that there was a couple of things that could be better, I also have to face the fact of there's a lot in that box for 35 pounds or even let's even go on the rrp of 50 pounds there's still a lot in this game there are games i've got an assassin's creed game here that is standee of four standees and a few cardboard tokens and that's 50 quid you know it's it's shocking so this is a really really good definitely go out and buy it if you can get it go out and buy it great replayability i think i agree with that i would like to see one more villain Considering you get seven heroes, it would be nice to have a fourth uh, a fourth villain just to add that yeah. extra bit of replayability. Mm. But as is, not too bad. It's very easy. Unfortunately, I do like the heavier games. However, this is a game that if someone says, I want to play this, give me a spot. I want to play it too. Sure. However, am I going to go out of my way to suggest it? Probably not. Mm. So take that as you will. For me, it's a seven. It's a seven out of ten. However, that is above average. It is a good, solid game. Well designed. Couldn't recommend it enough. Just a few. Like you said, James, if the board was there, that's an extra point. That takes it to an eight. Yeah. Have the extra hero. That's probably nine. And sort out the quality controls. That's your ten. So that's where my negatives have come from. on that one. It's fair. Yes. Any other comments before we hand over to the man in the shed? Uh, no, if, like I said, if you guys ever go out and play it, enjoy it. I hope we've not hyped up too much for you, but yeah, it's it's a great game. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And if anyone's local, we you know where we are, we'll always happily play Exactly, it. mate. We're going to hand over to the man in the new shed, and then we'll come back and uh, have our final goodbyes and all that lovely stuff. Over to you, Paul. I do not give a monkey's. We are not putting the Christmas decorations up yet. Why not? It's still bloody November. I know, I know, I know. Half the streets lit up like Blackpool illuminations, but I'm going to give you some advice that my mum always told me. Well, if you saw lots of people jumping off a cliff, are you going to go and jump off too? 
Exactly. You can call me Scrooge as much as you like, but there is a time and a place for putting up Christmas decorations, and now is not the time. <coughs> what, when? Uh, how about Christmas Eve? No, 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 no. Anyway, where is your Christmas list? Uh, bit of a long list, isn't it? Uh-huh, okay, bit pricey. Hot tub? I suppose with your stature, a washing up bowl, kettle, and one of those potent curries you like so much should suffice. Yeah, well you say spicy, the rest of us say potent. Look, we'll discuss a suitable date for Christmas decorations, and I'll let you continue with your list while I read out this week's news, okay? Good. A Matrix fan has adapted the action movie franchise into an unofficial tabletop RPG that lets you create your own bullet-dodging, kung-fu-mastering Neo-alike. John Stansel's fan-made The Matrix RPG allows players to create their own Awakened, people who have been unplugged from the virtual existence of The Matrix and are able to discover the real world, just like Keanu Reeves' Neo at the start of the Wachowski sisters' seminal film. As in the films, players are able to move between the real world, where they must evade the pursuit of the machines and their sentinel drones, and the Matrix, where superhuman agents will attempt to hunt them down. Skill checks are resolved using six-sided dice, with the number of D6 rolled and overall result depending on the character's attributes and the difficulty of the test. Of course, players' characters are also able to take advantage of their knowledge of the virtual world, using a variety of hacks to replicate some of the powers used by Neo as the One. Among the possible hacks are bullet dodging, running up walls, altering your appearance, telekinesis, and even flight, allowing you to play out some of the slow-motion gunfights and scuffles of the film. More powerful abilities are referred to as code breaks, letting players see the code of the Matrix itself to pull off even more extraordinary feats, but with the danger of alerting the machines in the real world to the group's location. Both hacks and code breaks, along with other actions, generate anomaly points tracked by the GM during sessions. When an anomaly reaches a certain point, the GM rolls to see if the Matrix acts to deal with the Awakened, potentially spawning agents and other threats. The players can jack out of the Matrix to reduce their anomaly. Weapons include a variety of melee and firearms. The Matrix RPG also includes a detailed system for performing martial arts using a number of styles, yes, including Kung Fu, and individual maneuvers that players can roll to use during hand-to-hand -hand fights. Stancil's Matrix RPG is available as a free PDF, with the designer saying in a Reddit post that the fan game was created in anticipation of next month's upcoming movie sequel, Matrix Resurrections. While The Matrix is yet to see an official adaptation for the tabletop, Stancil's Matrix RPG isn't the first role-playing game to take inspiration from the movie series, with Steve Darlington's There Is No Spoon, a rules-like RPG designed for one-shot sessions that similarly attempts to capture the cinematic nature of the Wachowski films, including stats of Matrix, Kung Fu, Gun Fu, as well as a woo rule. 
fight through a roster of fearsome robot masters in Mega Man Adventures, an upcoming board game based on the Mega Man 1, 2 and 3 video games, is being brought to us by Blacklist Games. A co-op game for 1-4 players, Mega Man Adventures takes place in the futuristic world of Mega Man, a franchise of video games from Capcom originally created for the Nintendo Entertainment System, about a robot boy who is tasked with saving the world from the machinations of the evil Dr. Wily. However, in order to get to the nefarious Doctor, the players will need to work together as the titular Mega Man, and his various allies such as Russian Roll and Proto Man, to defeat a gauntlet of robot masters, including classic enemies like Cutman and Magnet Man, each with their own special stages and approaches to combat. In the video game board game, players will need to make their way through various different stages, each themed around the robot master that lurks at the very end. Throughout each stage, the players will have three action cards that they'll share amongst themselves, deciding how to approach the current level. Besides their action cards, players will also have bonus abilities that they can use to help them avoid the myriad of obstacles, traps and enemies. When players are finished with the planning phase, they roll from a pool of dice to see how successfully they are performing their actions and surviving the stage without taking too much damage. Should the player successfully make it through the entire stage, then they face off against the Robot Master. Each Robot Master has a series of attack patterns that the players must face, combining their action cards and roles to overcome them. Defeating a Robot Master grants that player the Robot Master's unique power, which becomes a card they can use whenever they need it. Beating all of the Robot Masters allows players to face off against Dr. Wily himself, with the multiple stages of each fight offering new challenges. Mega Man Adventures was co-designed by Michael Kelly, the creator of fantasy board game Dark Dealings, and Peter Goosis, who have both worked together on Salvation Road. Um, Mega Man Adventures is set to be released in the first half of 2022, with a retail price of about £29 or $40. Wingspan, the popular board game about attracting birds to your own habitat, has successfully breached the 1 million copies sold in the three years since its release in 2019. In a tweet from the tabletop titles creator Elizabeth Hargrave, it was confirmed that the Kennerspiel Dajar winner had hit the 1 million mark faster than several other popular board games such as Seven Wonders and its two-player spin-off titled Seven Wonders Duel. Those not familiar with Wingspan, where have you been? It's a board game for one to five players, seeing competitors attempting to earn the most victory points possible by attracting birds to their varying habitats. Over the course of the four rounds, players take turns to perform actions across their boards, with each of the three habitats enabling players to do different things, get food, lay eggs, or attract new birds. With each round having special bonus scoring rules, sometimes around eggs, other times around birds, as well as there being end game scoring rules. In order to win, players need to maintain a balance between aiming for round scoring and end game scoring with certain bird cards and egg combinations being worth more than others. Besides designing Windspan, Hargrave is also known for creating Mariposa, a board game about the migration patterns of endangered monarch butterflies, alongside Tussy Mussy, a tabletop title about the Victorian cultural phenomenon of exchanging flowers. 
Wingspan has already received two expansions in the form of the European and Oceanic Bird editions, with a third set to be released later next year. And with the news out of the way, we're heading on over to crowdfunding, and all three of these are available on Kickstarter at the moment. First up is Mindbug, First Contact by Nerdlad Games, and co-designed by Richard Garfield. It's a two-player game. It's going to take 15 to 25 minutes to play. It's for ages 8 years and over, and it ends on Saturday, December the 11th. In Mindbug, you summon hybrid creatures and send them into battle against your opponent. But when you summon a creature, your opponent may use one of their mind bugs to take control of it. So outwit your opponent in this fascinating tactical duel in which having the best cards and playing them at the wrong time can be deadly for yourself. Cards in Mindbug represent weird creatures that all come with unique and powerful abilities, such as a compost dragon, a snail hydra, or a Kangasaurus Rex. Each player starts the game with 10 creature cards, 5 in hand, 5 in draw, and tries to use them to reduce their opponent's life total to zero. In addition, each player receives two mind bug cards that can be used to mind control an opposing creature when it is played. This innovative mind bug mechanism is the core of the game and leads to a unique decision making process that makes mind bug feel utterly different from any other card game. Playing a card game that doesn't require resources in mind bug, the result being the game has no ramp up phase and doesn't require weak cards. Since there is no deck building, you can start playing right away from a single deck. There is also no unfair advantage as players draw cards from the same deck and always get the chance to mind control the strongest opposing cards. In the end, it all comes down to your own decisions, making the game extremely fair and competitive at the same time. More information can be found on the Kickstarter page as well as their website at mindbug.me. And the first pledge level comes in for the Mindbug Duelist level for a copy of the base set of the game for just £13 or €15. £22 or €25 gets you the base set, an upgrade pack featuring new creations, all in a limited edition and numbered box. You can also grab everything I just mentioned, as well as two playmats for £51 or €60. Next up is Lawnarchy by Bombasta Games. It's for two to four players, takes 25 minutes. It's for 10 years and over, and it ends on Tuesday, December the 14th. Your gardening community, the Garden Frenemies Association, is selecting the Garden of the Year. So manicure your lawns, trim your hedges, and convince the jury. And if that is not enough, go and beat your neighbours. Steal their garden gnomes and steamroll all over their flower beds. Over 50 unique illustrations and over 60 cars that all are functionally different. Lawnarchy is a turn-taking riddle game with lots of tactical thinking, changing objectives and interactive back and forth. Each player owns a garden of four starting cards. Only a fence separates you to your neighbour's garden. The rules are simple. Each turn you have three options and pick one card, but the possibilities are complex. Do you try convincing the jury by picking a jury card from the examination board? These objectives, though, will constantly change. Do you do some more gardening by replacing a card, 
from your garden with one from the common garden center. Same as the jewelry cards though, all garden cards have different requirements. Or do you squabble with your neighbor by picking up a squabble card? You can destroy their garden, steal their gnomes, or rearrange their garden, but you'll have to figure out your best move as a wrong one and your neighbor may get ahead. It's 17 pounds for the base game. But unusually, if you pledge £34, you get two copies of the game and two added mini-expansions. Maybe thereafter you playing with some neighbours. And lastly on crowdfunding is Speed Paper by Garzon Art. It's for one to six players. It takes 20 minutes to play. It's for ages five years and over, and it ends on Tuesday, December the 21st. Speed Paper is a print-and-play racing game that combines the dexterity and strategy in one place. It can be enjoyed by both casual players and racing fanatics. Speed Paper was designed with the idea of recreating the experience of a real race with dramatic overtaking, risky strategies, epic comebacks and unexpected endings, but without forgetting the nostalgia of playing with little cars like we were when we were kids. You must literally push your car to the finish line before your opponents but you must be aware at all times of the state of your car, so it is important to plan when to make a pit stop to change your tyres or repair your vehicle. Speed Paper was designed in print and play format for ease of development, but a lot of effort has been put into having top quality art and design, and assembling your own racing car will be part of the fun. Now we've got three pledge levels for this. Pledge for the Speed Paper Light Edition, and you get one circuit, four cars, four drivers, and four constructors for just £3. This pledge is ready to go and we will be released shortly after the Kickstarter ends. The normal edition comes with four circuits, six cars, drivers, and constructors, and any unlocked stretch goals, and access to the light edition in December with the additional content arriving in February 22. This pledge level is at £4, whereas £5 will get you the deluxe set featuring everything in the normal pledge together with an exclusive track, variant designs for each car, and six additional exclusive drivers. Yep, that's right, the pledge levels are £3, £4, and £5. I think Christmas is coming early with this one. And with those over, it's heading on over to events. This coming weekend, 5th of December, I'll be hosting Mid-Sussex Meeple's game day in Burgess Hill, Sussex, from 10am through to 6pm. Address for that is Cypress Hall, Cypress Road, Burgess Hill, West Sussex, RH158DX. £5 per head for the day, with teas, coffees, squash and biscuits included. And I even may break out some mince pies early. Failing that, Comic Shop in Crawley on Wednesday evenings is for gaming from 4pm. Thursdays has Lewis Board Game Club at the Trinity Gaming Cafe in Lewis, running from 7.30 through to 11.30. Thursdays also sees Worthing Board Gamers getting their game on at the Ardington Hotel from 7pm. And last, but by no means least, is Crawley Gaming Club at Tilgate Community Centre on Monday evenings from 7pm through to 11pm. But as always, keep glued to socials and websites for any up-to-date information. So, Brian, have you calmed down a bit yet? Oh, that's nice. Well, it's time to say goodbye to everyone. And it's a goodbye from me, Meeples. Stay safe. Keep those dice rolling, cards shuffling, 
and we'll be right here for you next week. I am not a Scrooge. Thank you very much for that, Paul. And thank you guys for joining us once again for another episode of The Meeple Minded. And, uh, Ant, thank you very much for joining us, Thanks man. for having me, guys. Really appreciate that. It's been great. Uh, obviously, when we talk about game highlights and stuff, it's usually just me and James. So it's mm. nice to have a third opinion. Yeah. Yes. And uh, thank you for bringing the game as well. And nice. us play Thanks it for and playing, all guys. Thanks for getting a chance. You may well have cost me more money buying another game. That's, mm. that's two in two it's weeks. Two people now have done that now. <laughs> You know, I, think, I, I think you cost both of both of his money because he'll buy it for the library. I know at least a couple of people this would make a really good Christmas present for. Oh, nice. Just, oh, nice. No. The real question is, James, we know we've started your game library. So is it going to make its way to your library? Why? It's going to make it into yours. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Nevisus only made it in there because you didn't already own it. Well, why doesn't one buy the core, the other one buys the expansions? I think that's fair. <laughs> then, 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 we got, then, we, then we got to communicate. Yeah, I'll buy the core. Uh, yeah. James can buy the expansion. That, James, that like James will fork out for the rest, which is the more expensive side. We, we have it on recording. James is buying the expansions. <laughs> if only I didn't know someone who already had them. Oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, any of you guys out there have uh, played Marvel United? We'd love to hear your opinions on it. Have we been talking utter rubbish? Uh, is our ratings terrible? We'd love to hear that. You can let us know on any of our social media or websites. Links to those are in the podcast description. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to sign off for the week. But before we go, Ant, would you like to plug your own podcast and where people can find you? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I completely forgot. For <laughs> a second there, you threw me off. Yes. Hi, guys. I'm Anthony and I host the MTVB podcast, uh, which is a podcast that talks about movies, TV shows, video games and board games. Uh, you can find us anywhere, the same as Meeple Minded, Spotify, iTunes, Google. Just simply go on Google and search MTBB and you'll find us there. Nice. So professional. Yeah. We really should learn lessons here, James. <sighs> I mean, uh, James only found out last week that we actually have listeners. and A fair, <laughs> a fair few of them. <laughs> I thought I was just rambling into a microphone. <laughs> People listen to this. I know. Yeah, I know. People have actually got back to us and said that we've made them buy games. At, at nice points as well. So this is it's always good to hear. That's so it, mate. Yeah. Any feedback that anyone ever has, we're always willing to listen to it. We may not <laughs> act on it, but you know, yeah. <laughs> it's my podcast after all. Exactly. But yes, thank you very much for joining us, guys. I think we're going to head off. Thank you. Uh, the real question is: Do we want the epic intro? To see us out, yeah. Or totally. do we want the standard people-minded one? Too? Oh no, I think we've got to stick with the uh, the thematic one. Yeah, that was good. We'll go thematic. We'll be back to normal next week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, my name's been Jason, and I've been James, and I'm Anthony. You've been listening to the Meeple-minded. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Ta-ta. Goodbye.